Hi, it's Ian Brody here. Welcome to the More Clients Podcast. This is the first in a series of short interviews I'm doing with people who've had great success um, with some of the things they're implementing in their marketing. And I'm just doing little short interviews to, to get a handle on what they did and how they did them so that you can apply those ideas to your own business. So with me today is Stefan Drew, the marketing magician and a f- personal friend of mine. Welcome to the podcast, Stefan. Thanks very much, Ian. Good to speak to you again. Hey, great to have you here. And what we're talking about um, now uh, is your your uh, marketing idea of publishing a book or a kind of uh, a collected wisdom book that I, I was lucky enough to take part in myself. So um, how did you settle on this particular idea and uh, and why? Well, it, it's almost an old-fashioned idea, isn't it, to publish a book in, in sort of a digital age. But I'd done an e-book some time ago um, called Advertising Secrets, um, did publish a few hard copies, but not very many. But the ebook was extremely successful, and it's still selling now on, on Amazon. And I thought, well, I'd like to do that again. But to be honest, when I did it before, I wasn't terribly structured about it. I would write a book, put it on Amazon, see what happens. And to write a new book, I suddenly thought it's a lot of work. Mm. So I came up with this brilliant idea. I'll get Ian to help me. <laughs> <laughs> well, not just me. <laughs> and a lot of other people. So through mastermind group that you and I are, are, are part of um, for, 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 you know, so, so that the audience hears this um, I decided to invite as many people as wanted to to actually contribute a chapter to a marketing mm-hmm. book. It was a bit vague what this marketing book would be exactly so I wanted to see the response first mm-hmm. and I thought maybe I'd get six or seven and if we got six or seven chapters of diverse marketing wisdom that would be great and we'd have a book in fact, I wasn't even going to write my chapter until everyone else had decided what they wanted to contribute, and I'd sort of write a chapter that pulled it together in right. some sort of way. Well, the real surprising thing was that we had, as you know, over 20 contributors. Mm. And this small book suddenly became a mammoth project, much bigger than I expected. Um, and one of our fellow contributors, and someone that both you and I know very, very well, said to me, it's going to be a nightmare, you know, this is going to be really, really hard to pull together. Mm. we like herding cats, because you know what these marketing people are like? They've all got their own brilliant ideas of what to do. <laughs> and they'll all tell you exactly how to market it from their perspective. And I thought, well, actually, you know, that's a strength, because what we've now got is 20-plus contributors to put together a book through a method that we know can work, because... I'd written one before, you've written a book mm. before uh, uh, on Amazon, and several other other people there had written books before. So we know the principle works, but we've also got 20 ways of marketing it. So I came up with a basic marketing plan um, and put it out there for all to share. We dis- debated and discussed quite a bit what the actual title should be. Mm. I remember um, that. And we sort of group sourced it, crowdsourced everything, mm. basically. The book was still my book, still my project. Uh, I still had to do the donkey work behind it, but I had 19, 20, 21 brilliant marketing minds behind me helping me. Um, so, but I also wanted to leverage the outcome because you can have a book, you can get it to become a bestseller. Uh, that's relatively easy, be it or not. But it's then how do you market it and, and leverage that book afterwards to... Uh, really make that book work for you as an individual. Indeed, because while it's you know nice to be able to put you know best-selling author or whatever, or, or mention that you've written a book um, in your bio or in your email signature or whatever, that's probably in and of itself is not going to bring you a whole bunch of clients. You need to do something with it. So, so what what are some of the the ideas you're using to kind of leverage the well, success of the book? Um, 
obviously, as you say, the fact you've written one is good. That, that gives you credibility. Anyone that's written a real book, as it were. Mm. We started with the e-book and then decided we'd actually produce a um, hardback cover, a hardback as well. Um, and that, again, is a relatively easy system um, if you understand the, the sort of ways and wherefores of, of doing it through Amazon. Um, it's through what's called Create Space. Uh, you basically upload a file, upload a cover, and Amazon or Create Space, which is a subsidiary of Amazon, do all the donkey work for you. Mm. So there's no cost there to doing it. But um, the key to making it work really was to actually subcontract it out to all these other contributors and get them involved in the marketing. Right. But the way I'm now using it um, is slightly different. Um, obviously, I've put it on a website. I've put it on my website. I've blogged about it. Um, lots of things like that. But that doesn't, on its own, actually produce any work. So what I've done is I specialize in a particular niche market. I've got someone that's very well, very well known in that market to write to all the chief execs that I want to do business with and introduce me saying, this is someone I've worked with in the past. Um, I just wanted to introduce them to you. And by way of introducing themselves, they'll send you a copy of their new book. Uh, I've then followed that up a few days later with a copy of the new book uh, with a little note in it. And I've inscribed it. I've signed the book, as it were, you know, on the inside front cover saying, you know, a gift from or et cetera, et cetera, uh, a personalized message. And I'm now following up. Uh, with a telephone call to, to the, to the PA of the person I'm going to speak to. And it's quite important, the PA, because if you try to get hold of the person concerned, sometimes that's tilted out, um, because the PAs are really gatekeepers. So I've gone to the PA and said, look, I wonder if you can help me. And I've made friends with them, basically. Mm. I said, I wonder if you can help me. I sent, or my colleague sent this email through and I followed up with the book. I just wanted to check if your boss received it. And, Hopefully, the answer is always yes. If it's not, you deal with that. But if, hopefully, the answer is yes. And when I get the yes, I then say, well, in the letter I put inside the book, I suggest that we perhaps have a strategy meeting. You'll recognize strategy meeting, I'm sure, Ian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so would we, you know, c- could we now set that meeting up? And I've just literally, a few minutes before you phoned me today, um, I've just come off the phone from someone that said, yes, my boss said he'd love to meet you and can we meet on X date. So it's working quite well. Absolutely. It really does put you in a different category, doesn't it? I mean, any senior executive has loads of people contacting them out of the blue, maybe even making friends with the PA to try and get a meeting, etc. But it's very rare they're able to say, I've just sent your boss a copy of my book. Um, It it just does mark you out as someone different. Well, it's, it's a form of lumpy mail, isn't it, mm. basically? But it's also, you, you then engage this whole thing of the law of reciprocity. Uh, I've given you something. You, they, they now almost feel obliged to give me something back. Mm. I mean, the hard-nosed ones still say that, <laughs> and they will, but, you know, they, they were never going to be saying yes anyway, whatever yeah. we did. Um, but, and there will become a time. Um, I've also had an email back this morning direct from the chief executive of a, of a very, very large organization. You know, they, um, in my, my sector, they're one of the largest. They turn over 70-odd million pounds a year, who said no. But you know what? I'm not too worried by that because they've said no today. Mm. What they've said is, if we ever have a need, we'll contact you. Well, I've thanked them, and I said, you know, 
I know they're actually merging with another company near where I'm living at the moment. Um, so I've gone back and thanked them for that and said, if you're ever you know, up in my area visiting this subsidiary company, you know, perhaps we could get a cup of coffee. Mm. So it gives another opening. And what I'll do in sort of six months' time, um, I know this particular organization's got some open days coming up. I'll drop the chief exec uh, a note saying, you know, if you're at that open day and got five minutes, perhaps we could catch that coffee. So there's always a way of keeping that door open. It's not closed forever. Yeah, if you're quite systematic, you've got to be quite systematic yeah. with your follow-up, yeah. haven't you? You can't just yeah. let it drop. But yeah. but also, of course, one of the lovely things about a physical book is it sits on their bookshelf. Almost no Absolutely. one throws a book away. We are, you know, an e-book, great, but, but people don't pay attention to it. It's sitting on Kindle. You don't kind of don't notice it. But a physical yeah. book, especially as big as the one um, you ended up pulling together, it is a, is a heck of a big book. It's 700 grams. <laughs> That's, that's one pound seven ounces. People have told me they use it for weight training, the whole doors <laughs> open. <laughs> but it's hard to miss. Exactly. So, you know, so sitting on the shelf there, people notice it. I mean, people just don't throw books out. It feels also no, almost sacrilegious. No. So it'll be sitting there on their shelf as a constant reminder that you're an expert in your field. Um, and so when they do, um, usually what happens is when people say, oh, we'll contact you when we have a need, is they genuinely mean it at the time. They do. But yeah. later on, they just forget you. They but forget, with your yeah. book on their desk, firstly, the, it, you'll have gone more into their memory. You'll have made more an impression of an impression. But secondly, it's there constantly to remind them. Um, so they're much more likely to remember you when the time is right later on, especially, of course, if you do the follow-up that you, you're, you're planning on doing. Yes, and, and especially if you actually put their name <coughs> in the front. Of course, so my book, so our, our, our book, I should call it, because you and I were both involved, is called Creating Business Growth. So I've just put inside, uh, when I, 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 I send it to them, you know, Ian, enjoy creating your business growth mm. and sign up with my name. It's really hard to throw that away, I hope. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's excellent. Yeah, personalized book. They yeah. can't even sell it because it's personalized to them. Absolutely. And, and most of these organizations that I work with, I, I do a lot of work with colleges, uh, they all have libraries, so it would be quite tempting just to send it to the library. Send a library copy um, as well, good one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yes, I hadn't thought of that, actually, but, I mean, the, the chief exec won't send it to the library because it's got his name Indeed, in it. Indeed. You know? so, otherwise, they just send it to the library. So, yeah, yeah. perhaps I need to send two copies. That's a brilliant yeah, idea. Yeah, and in fact, in fact when, you, when, you've, um, when you send it to the chief exec, you can almost say, P.S., I've also sent a copy to your library. Yeah, and that way you kind of get a double <laughs> reciprocation <laughs> bonus yeah, that, uh, yeah. that you've, you've done a, a nice thing for them. Yeah. Uh, so, so... Just to kind of close, Stefan, quick tips for people. So um, you took the lead on this. It was your idea, and you pulled pulled everyone together. And I'm guessing that for most people listening into the podcast, they should know at least initially half a dozen people who would be able to write um, a chapter on a particular topic. Uh, uh, in our case, we talked about marketing, but of course – if you're not in that field, as, as most people won't be, it's obviously whatever is an important uh, yes. um, topic in your field. But I think one of the key things is it's much, much easier to write one chapter than it is to write a book. Absolutely. It's not – even if you – you know, for a 20-chapter book, I'd say it's about 100 times easier to write one chapter than to write all 20 chapters. It's oh, not absolutely. just mathematical. It's just way, way easier because you've always – everyone's always got one chapter in them. They've got – you know, they can expand on an article they've written or they've got a one one big idea they, they can get out. Whereas, of course, doing 20 of those, suddenly they run out of ideas. It, it becomes It becomes a grind. So it's much, much easier for people to do that. Um, and I'm guessing 
Um, and, and tell me what you think. But I, I'm guessing if you only got, I mean, you, you, we had a lot of people who were very interested because people saw the value of it. But if you only start off with half a dozen, I guess you can ask them who they might know who would be able to contribute, etc., yeah. and kind of build momentum that way. And in many cases, you don't need as many as 20 chapters. I mean, marketing is a huge subject. We mm. put up about 100 chapters in there mm. uh, and still not exhausted all the topics we could put in there. But I was talking to someone the other day who's a wedding photographer. And I said to him, well, you write a, write a book. And he said, but, you know, a book about wedding photography. I said, no, you misunderstand. You don't write a book about wedding photography. You write a book about how to organize a wedding. Ah. And you have florists write a piece, you have uh, um, wedding venue people write a piece, how to select a wedding venue. Mm. Um, there are five, six, seven, ten people, you know, make up for, for, uh, for wedding, yeah. you know, for brides and bridesmaids and things like that. You know, how to select the wedding dress. You've suddenly got a book there. Mm. So sometimes if you just think a little bit broader than your main Absolutely. topic, but, but think yeah. about, I guess you're there you're thinking about what's the problem that the customer has. Yes. Um, that you're part of the solution for. Yes, yeah. Um, and and being know, a photographer isn't the solution to uh, to organising a wedding. That's right. It's, it's just one small, it's one it. small part. So then you can get other contributors. Yeah. Great idea. And then in terms of organising things, I do remember from the time you were absolutely right. The phrase is correct. I think it's like it was like herding cats to get us all <laughs> together. I remember absolutely. I forgot to join the Google email group, so I wasn't getting the notifications, and I had to rush, you know, to get you the stuff at the last minute. And I'm sure you had lots more examples like that oh um, absolutely any kind of guidelines for people trying to pull together a book like this in terms yes. of the best way of doing um, it i mean i'm thinking about the next volume we do it mm. <laughs> and I, I say volume rather than addition because i think we've got so many topics we could cover we can do another volume that sits alongside the first one mm. but i'm going to be simplifying the system far far more in future um I'm not going to have so much discussion with people. You know, at the end of the day, it's my project. It was great to sort of crowdsource the ideas, mm. but I'm going to keep that minimal in the future. But I think the, the, one of the good ways to get it going is to actually use a Google group or something like that where people can actually share information. Mm. Um, it's very useful. And one of the things we did do but wasn't done as well as it might have been done was for people to um, proof other people's pe uh, contributions. Yes, because you write a piece, you think it makes sense, but actually when someone else reads it, they're not quite sure what it really means. And people can pick up on that mm. um, and just advise, well, I didn't understand that paragraph or that sentence, what were mm. you trying to say? And I think you know, crowdsourcing it in that sense is a very good way of doing it. Would you be more kind of um, direct of yourself and kind of say, Ian, you proof this one and this one? Um, I, I think so, yes. Yeah. I left that to, to Altman said, you know, all the, all the information's there, would someone just choose a chapter and proof it? Yeah, and I, I yeah. kind of picked the one and I was most interested in, yeah, as, as opposed to the ones that needed proofing. Yeah, but, which was good, but if everyone chooses that chapter, you get one chapter yes, proofed by about 20 people, <laughs> indeed. and no one reads the others. And, um, I mean, we had another vagary that was quite difficult to handle in one sense, and, and actually it was a very simple way through it, and that was because we've got international contributors, um, you have a language problem. Now, they all have English as a mother tongue, but English in England and English in America, you know, they, they often say two nations divided by a common language. Mm. Um, one of the comments I saw on Amazon one place was someone had, had written a piece and said it was full of spelling mistakes. Well, it was if you're American or if you're English, because half of it was in American or English and in the wrong language it were. Now, the way I got over that was not to try to, to say you must all write color with a U in it mm. and things like that, was to say you write for your audience in your language and in your idiom. Mm. 
Um, now, there were one or two chapters I looked at and thought, stylistically, I'm not quite sure that I like that. But actually, you know, I just let it be. Yeah, it's going to work for their audience. It was going to work for their audience. And, you know, both you and I have got um, clients internationally. So who's to say that writing in that form of English is wrong? Mm. For most people, we write a book that was aimed at their audience in one country. It's simple, but there are those sort of vagaries that come into this that you don't always think about right early on. I had mentioned this one to everyone at the beginning and said, that's the way we'll probably handle it. Um, But there were stylistic things that came up, and even simple things like the way people lay out a page. Um, I found our American contributors often put a series of asterisks between paragraphs or or a, a, a dash, a hyphen or a series of hyphens between them, which for me stylistically sort of glares out and I think, oh, it's horrible. But actually, it's not for them. Now, I must admit, my editorial part did come in there, and I did actually edit out some of those. So it was all the same. Um, So there was a a common theme. And I think we had there were things about you know who uses Microsoft Word, who uses and and, you know double spaced versus single. I'm sure (laughs) sure that's good. So would you advise there that people almost send out a template in advance, get everyone to use Word, and send out one template that everyone uses? So when you bring it together, it's all the same format. Yes, absolutely. And in fact, even when it came to me, we then had to do quite a lot of work on it all because as I downloaded from one version of Word, even where they were all using Word, some of, some of them didn't, not, not even everyone had Word even, believe it or not. Um, but where they were all using Word but different versions, then when you imported it into, into a master document, you found all sorts of vagaries again, things that were, you know, headlines suddenly became sort of lowercase and right. asterisk disappeared and Added and there were massive problems. So get that. So get a, a simple. You, I guess, use yeah. the, the most basic version of Word that everyone's yeah. got, and then get out a get out a template that everyone can use, yeah. so that so that everything looks the same. And um, it, it, it might be that what we do in actual fact in future is to put it into Google Docs, ah. something like that. Um, I've been thinking about that recently and thinking, well, how could that go wrong? And I can't see yet how it could go wrong. You know what? I'm, I'm, work, I'm working on a collaboration right now with just two of us, but on, on a Google document. It's worked really well. Yeah. It has worked really well. Yeah. Um, the, uh, and we can constantly see. And, you know, when you make comments, you can see you can see them pop up and things. So yeah. Yeah. that might be the way to go. Yeah, well, I don't idea. know is if it will work with 20-odd people yeah. trying to, to, to you know, all, all being in the document at the same time, <coughs> whether that will work. Um but, you know, maybe we've opened three or four Google documents or one per chapter, because at mm. least then you can merge and they're all in the yeah. same standard. Yeah. Brilliant. There's probably a flow in that logic somewhere, but it seems to work at the <laughs> seems, moment. Seems a bit may work. <laughs> okay, then, yeah. so, what, so what's next, Stefan? Um, well, for people that want the book, if, if that's what you're thinking about, um, well, let, let me go back a step. What's next is, as I said, we'll have a second volume of this yeah. book, hopefully, in, in, in a while. Um, I'm still recovering from the first one, <laughs> um, but I've had a lot of people ask, that didn't contribute, ask if they could contribute in future. Mm. Um, but for those that want to get a copy of the book, um, it's very simple. Just go on to Amazon. They could search by your name, for example, and find the books you've contributed to, uh, or they search for it by title, and it's Creating Business Growth. Excellent. That's really great. Actually, I should just say one final thing, Stefan. It just occurred to me there um, that um, because obviously the book was a bestseller um, in, in multiple countries, and I was kind of thinking, well, is it is it easy for people to reproduce that kind of success? And then I realized 
one of the reasons it reached bestseller status was because it had multiple contributors. And yeah. if each contributor then promotes the book to their contacts and subscribers and stuff like that, um, then you get, um, it's much easier to get a bestseller status than oh, if it's absolutely. just one person with yeah. their own, with their smaller contact base doing. So, um, you know, your chances of getting, especially if you're the editor, which obviously carries that little bit more cachet, um, as well. Uh, if you pull together a group of people, um, then it's kind of easier for you to get your combined book um, on as a bestseller on Amazon because there's more of you working to promote it. Yes, and that that was part of the logic as well of having twenty, well, six or seven contributors. As I thought at the time, mm. because certainly when I did my first one, I went back to our mastermind group and said, "Look, here it is. If you'd like to promote it to your list, that's fine." But of course, they weren't personally involved in it, so the the the, the, the requirement or the desire to promote it wasn't as great as if they were part of the book. Mm. Um, and that's a great way, but you, you have to be careful with, with getting 20 people promoted, but they all promote it at the same time. Good point. So what we did there was something that I thought was reasonably clever, was to actually have a website where they could send them to the beginning to pre-register for the book. Mm. And then I sent an email to everyone that pre-registered on, in actual fact, January the 1st uh, of this year. And then everyone also sent out emails on January the 1st saying the book is now ready. Mm. So some actually got two emails to say it's ready, one from the from the pre-registration and one from the person that had sent them there in the first place. But it meant that we had everyone then go for the book on January the 1st. Being a holiday, lots of people at home, those that are on, you know, not at work, possibly didn't see work-based emails, but... Um, it meant that we had suddenly had a deluge of people going for the book on Amazon. All at the same the time. Day. And it actually petered off over three or four days. Uh, but we, we left it there promoting it for five days. Uh, and in that five days, was you know, we, we, there were tens of thousands of, of downloads. Yeah, kind of got everywhere on the Kindle version. And that's yeah. the way to get. Amazon don't measure total number of sales become a bestseller. It's numbers of sales, as far as I can ascertain, in a limited time period. That's right. They almost seem to update it every hour. Um, they, they do. And, and, and I know when I did my first book, I remember you sending me an email saying, hey, your book just become a bestseller. And I'm thinking, hey, I didn't spot that. And you'd seen it an hour after I'd looked on there. Yeah. And it does update very, very quickly. Um, so, the, so, the, so in terms of, I guess, summary tips for everyone, um, perhaps um, if you're going to be the editor take control um, to kind of drive the idea for the book, gather together some contributors, maybe think a bit more broadly than your specific topic to the, the problem that you contribute, you contribute to solving for your clients, bring the folks together, um, make sure they're experts in their field, um, you know, use a template or a common document for people to, to send in on, um, give them some guidelines, perhaps on the, you know, the, the type of language to use, etc., cetera, um, and then get everyone to promote at the same time um, and that'll get it to kind of bestseller status. And then, of course, make sure you're using it effectively. And probably the very best way of using it is a physical copy sent to some very high potential prospects in order to get meetings with them or to initiate follow-up. Exactly. And I think you've just talked yourself into being co-editor next time. Blimey. <laughs> <laughs> at, least, at least I can write that plan down anyway. <laughs> Write it down and send it to me now. <laughs> I'll have to draft a no, transcript. You, 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 you've actually paraphrased it very, very well, I think. Excellent, exactly. excellent. Thank you very much, Stefan. That's been a real pleasure, and thanks for sharing that uh, that marketing insight. Brilliant. Thanks again. Goodbye. 